Greeting you with the Holy Word's peace. Peace be multiplied. Oh, it's a blessing. When I listen to the news this morning, something that keeps bothering my spirit is I am so glad that I'm not a parent and have to deal with what parents have to deal with today. And I don't know if you all know that, but four teenagers got in a shootout on the plaza mm -hmm. and two injured bad and, of course, the other two. And what they do in a hotel is unbelievable to me. And then another statistic where that kids are not playing sports is down 50% more than that with women because of parents and coaches. And I was so glad to hear this morning Trevor says that Fellowship of Christian Athletes is going to start their own league. I am excited about that. Amen. So we can keep these kids in Bible studies and in church on Sundays. But we've been dealing with John 10.10. 10. The thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. But Jesus says, I come that they may have life and life more abundantly. And we are seeing the potential, great potential, of murders and killings of good young people. I'm just talking about young people right now. There could be a lot for our society, nurses, lawyers, doctors. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, uh, people who do the air conditions and and furnace and all of these people, we're seeing so many young people, I'm talking here in Kansas City, uh, uh, been taken out so tragically that it's, it's like uh, social media has taken the feelings and the communications and the love away from people. Come on, come on. Right? And we're going to have to do something. And it's terrifying to, I just hate to see, I have granddaughters and they're beautiful. I mean, they're really beautiful. I've been praying for them. One's going to college, two's going to college this, uh, uh, this week and uh, start this week and one a senior in high school and all this kind of, and some others. And so what I, my prayer is just consistently, Lord, protect them. They're beautiful young Christian girls, but you know, sometimes when you get away, you might wind up with someone that's not really a Christian young man. And, uh, and we know that what, it upsets people when we talk this way, but Satan wants to kill, to steal, and destroy. Well, he's, not, he's trying to kill your talent. He's trying to kill your future. Young men, young ladies, that's what he's trying to do. And parents, we're going to have to do a better job in, in, in teaching. You know, it's, it's a teaching time. There's no greater time now than a teaching time because some of you all have, I've had to do funerals. Yes, and that is a hard thing to live with, is to bury a child. It's a tough thing to bury, and, uh, and being just innocent somewhere, whatever. And so we understand that. We understand right now there's an all-out attack. I mean, if you live in the United States of America, this is like a war zone, you see? But the Bible told us it would be this way, that Satan would try to kill and destroy. Now listen, and it's amazing, uh, most of the time, it's the kid that gets killed is the innocent one, right? And we've seen that here in Kansas City, you know, somebody just in the way. And so what I want to do is I, we're afraid to talk about the devil in this country anymore. If you can't explain a massive killings and all this stuff, then you know it's demonic because there's no reason for it. And then when we, 2 Corinthians 11, excuse me, 2011, it says, lest Satan should get the advantage of us, but we're not ignorant of his devices. We understand that. We've been taught, especially in here, we've been taught in this church the devices. Now, Satan wants to tear up your marriages. 
He wants to tear up your family. He wants to tear up your physical body. That's what he does. He wants to destroy. He is a destroyer. And we need to take he wants to our minds. He wants to destroy our minds. Come on, folks. And, 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 he's, and one thing about the devil, he doesn't get tired. You see? Uh, uh, be alert and sober-minded. Your enemy, the devil, is prying around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And we don't get that. You see, that's his job. He's looking for someone to devour. He's looking for, yes, because, see, does God know your potential? Yes. You don't think Satan does? Come on. He knows your potential. Does God love you? You love God? That means Satan hates you. And he wants to destroy what God has for you. Does that make sense? Am I making any kind of sense to you at all? So when you have something, listen to me, when you have something that God has given you, all of you all have blessings. I'm talking about any age in here now. God has a purpose for every human being, and he has given you the tools to be successful in your life. Yes, he has. And Satan knows that, but he hates anything God loves. So what he's trying to do is to destroy and to kill you understand what I'm talking about? He wants to destroy you right now. There's some of you in here, all of you in here, but some of you in here have got brilliant talent. I mean, you've got a great future ahead of you, but there's always an if. Do you see? And he's, his job is to steal and to destroy that from you. You see what I'm saying? When we have an attitude, that stops our altitude, our spiritual altitude. The worst thing to do is have an attitude. You know where an attitude comes from? It comes from a bad spirit. Do you understand? I was a teenager. I was out there. How can you be mad if somebody's feeding you? Well. How can you be mad if somebody is giving you a place to live? Come on. Can, now, I ain't going to say what I want to say, but I'll say it. Nobody's going to leave church, right? Y'all won't come back Sunday? How can you be mad at somebody that wiped your behind when you was little and took care of you when you couldn't take care of yourself? Now you mad at them. You see, that's called an attitude. That's a bad spirit. Come on here. That's a bad spirit. And we need to get that thing in check. Because let me tell you something. You can have an attitude with the people who raise you. You take that attitude out there, somebody going to buy that ticket. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, somebody will buy it out there. I never will forget it when I was living in, uh, I can't think of it out there, an apartment complex. And this guy talked to me all the time. And he came over. He was just hurt because he had a big jar of quarters. This has been years ago. And uh, he had got into a confrontation with his son. His son stole the quarters. Ain't nobody but him and his mom in there. And he said, one day, this is a true story, one day you'll take from somebody to kill you. And, and then his son left. Two weeks later, his son was shot and killed. That's a true story. 16 years old. So what we do, we got to understand it. That's what Satan wants to do. Don't get mad at me. He's the one trying to destroy you. I'm the one trying to encourage you and to give you what it takes so that you can use what God has given you for a higher cause. Does that make sense what I'm talking about? Do you see what I'm saying? That it is insane of what we see young men, and it's mostly men, yes, young men, all of these killings and going in massive killings. They caught a young man that was going to kill 200 people. You can look it up when you're on the internet yesterday. He was going to kill 200 people. He had weapons every place to do that. Where does that come from? That's demonic. But we're scared to call it what it is. It's demonic. So I'm in, in here trying to help you all to understand that we need to, we need to get, get in check. We need to get some things in check. Because we don't want anything to happen to ours. Does that mean? Now, now back to the older folks. God ain't even done with you yet. 
You see, the, God's not done with you yet. You see, there's no thing in the Bible about retiring. Yeah, you can do something. You see, you know, retiring off your job means, say what, Pastor? Volunteering. That's right. That's right. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Right, because here in Christ Temple North, we, we work. We're about taking care of business. Is that right? Come on. And so we understand that we're special. Are we special? Well, but we know that we have to stay alert and sober-minded. That means don't get intoxicated over anything. Yourself, another self. Come on, come on. Huh? You know what I'm talking about? We're going to be sober-minded, right? We're going to look at things sober. We're not going to get drunk on our appetites, feeding our appetites. Come on, speak back to me. You see what I'm saying? Because we know that Satan is looking uh, to someone to devour. Now listen to me. Somebody's probably in here right now is upset at me. Don't be mad at me. I'm just a messenger. He is planning right now to destroy what God has given you. That's just the way it is. Do you understand? You listen to somebody. It took me a long time for him to capture me. Do you understand? So he would try to kill. I thought all the time I was being what I was being. But it was Satan trying to kill me and destroy the gifts and the abilities and the talents and the tools that God has placed in me to be able to be a coach, which I wind up coaching, and to be able to be a pastor. He didn't want that to happen. All the time I thought that was about me acting up. It wasn't me acting up. It was a spirit acting up within me because Satan was trying to destroy what God had given me to give to others so I could serve. Do you understand, right? You know, you know, see, uh, I'll just say it this way because some of you ain't getting it right. See, I have a gift to gab. All right? I had a gift to gab, you know, and people listened to me. Yeah, people would follow me, you know, and had charisma and that gift to gab. And you know what I've done with that. Huh? Yeah, yeah. People was following me right on into the wherever. But see, but it was it was a gift that God had given me, and He was waiting to anoint me for that gift so that I could wind up being a coach and being a pastor. Does anybody understand? Amen. Now I ain't the only one in here that He's trying to the Satan tried to stop because see He don't want you in a place using that gift to influence other people. Come on here to be successful and to make them aware of who he is. Are you with me this morning? All right. So we're going to talk about this. Now, listen to me. This first one I want to talk about is it's not meaning to hurt anybody's feelings. Not that I care because if your feelings are hurt, you're wearing them on your sleeve and you need to get out of your feelings because men shouldn't be in their feelings because they ought to be stronger than that. Right. So if, if, if this hurts you and bothers you, then that means you need to get some Cheerios or some Wheaties or something because that means you're too weak to make a stand, right? Or, or you know, because, you know, we're supposed to dress like men, put our pants on, get rid of the diapers, come on here, and, right. be, and be real men, right? I said that, right? Come on. You see, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about this, this parable that Jesus done, right? I want to teach you something here today. If I'm from the farm from the country. And in the country, you know, you have, like, let's just use snakes. There's snakes and things, and you, you can't, you're scared of a snake, and you cut the tail off, the head's still there, you've got the poison still there. That's right. Right, you better cut the head off. You go for the head, you don't go for the body. Because if you know if you get the head, huh, the body will die. That's right. One of the problems in here, y'all can stay on the corners, they ain't coming at me, I'll have DJ stand up. Uh, uh, one of the things that hurts this society today is men. 
Satan has destroyed the men. All right, all right, because he knows if you destroy the men and you cut the head off, which is the man who's supposed to be the head, the rest of the family will sooner or later die. That's right. Isn't that right? That's right. Because there's, there's, it's, women are doing a good job to trying to raise boys, but you can't be a man unless you see a man. Come on here. That's just how that goes. That's how it goes. And you want and see, and men, not only your boys, if your daughter would marry somebody like you, would you be happy? So if you are a father in here, uh, you want your son to be a real man because you as role model, you want your daughter to look enough, look at you enough that you would be pleased, you would be pleased if she brought you home. All right? Are y'all hearing me? You come over here because this ain't no, we ain't over here no pep rally. All right, we're trying to get it right over here, right? So here's what happens is, ladies, let me help you. Say, help me, Pastor. You want a man that's strong enough to not let any infection come into the relationship or your home. Right? The problem with the society today is mama. Mama has to put the man and be mama and all that. That's not what God called her to do. Do you understand? We have over 66% of all our, our young kids coming out of a home with one parent. You understand? We, we're responsible over here, right? We're responsible for our child support. I know you didn't like that, right? We're responsible for visiting our kids and this and that. What we need to do is make sure that both parties are responsible enough when they get married that they're able and capable of being parents. Did I do all right? Go ahead, reader. We're told in uh, the King James of Mark chapter 3, verse 27. I won't be there long, so you don't need to turn there, okay? It says that no man can enter into a strong man's house. Wait a minute. No man can enter into a what? Strong man's house. A man's house? Strong man's. A man's house? Strong man's. A woman's house? Strong man's house. Here we go. And spoil his goods. And spoil his family and his goods. Because, listen, listen to me, because if he's a strong man and he has a wife and children, that's his goods. That's right. His sons, his daughters, because he's a strong man. He's a spiritual man. Huh? He's, 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 he's under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is directing him in all thy ways acknowledge him, the Holy Spirit, and he will direct your path. He's a strong man. A strong man is a man that's strong in God. And strong in his belief in God. That's right. All right. That's what you're looking for. All right. Here we go. It says, except he will first bind the strong man. So what he's going to do? He's going to bind the who? The yeah. So he's going to try to bind the man who's supposed to be responsible, right, of the house. That's right. Come on here. And in some cases in here, and I know it's a bad situation, it will be the woman because she's the one that's over the house. All right. But we prefer it all to be together, right? But simply it's not together. It's whoever is in charge of that house, which should be the man if he's in there. But some women are stronger than the man in there. That is pathetic, but we have that. But you see what I'm saying is if he's in there, he ought to be a strong man That's in right. his faith and in his teaching, right? And in his protecting. That's right. Well, if, he, if you women that don't have a strong man, then you have to take on that role. And you teach your daughter... Uh, the reason you took on that road is you had a weak man. 
and you want her to, and you want her, well, get, I'm, come on, DJ, you, you may have to be standing up here in a minute. Yeah, I need an offensive lineman here in a minute because they be coming down this aisle. You see, so here's how it goes, you see? And this is what we got to do. But we can't be a strong man unless a young boy is sees a strong man. And a man can't be a strong man unless he's been taught a strong man. That's why you come to this church. Isn't that right? You may walk out here with your feelings hurt, but it's better to have your feelings hurt and then you pull it together and say, I don't like what Pastor said, but it's the truth anyhow, and I'm going to make, I'm gonna make, it, make it right. That's right. Here we go. After he binds a strong man, only then he will spoil his house. So he's going to try to bind who? He's going to try to bind a strong man. All right, so let me help you out a little bit. So uh, he can bind a strong man with an addiction. Huh? Pride. Huh? Huh? Come on here. Teach. He uses the weapons like pornography, right? Adultery, right? Fornication, right? These are the things that he does what? He binds a strong man. He, in other words, he does anything that he can do to quench the spirit. When he quenches the Holy Spirit, then you're, he's binding you because now you're on your own. Does anybody understand what I'm talking about? All right. The message says it this way. Do you think it's possible in broad daylight to enter the house of an awake, able-bodied man? It's not possible. It shouldn't be. Of an awake, able body, man. that means a God man. Remember, because we said we just got through telling you to stay alert. Stay alert. Huh? Come on, men. Say amen to this. Yeah, it's to stay alert, you know. Don't worry about what you haven't been. Start thinking about what you should be and, and could be according to the teachings you're getting today. Amen. All right, sometimes we need to apologize to God and to our families that we haven't been the strong man. Come on here, right? If we're in a relationship and that relationship's falling apart, don't put the, everybody wants to point, no, no, it goes here. What did I do as a man, okay, to cause this to fall apart? Well... Right? I was reading a book about forgiveness. There's a book called Forgiveness. I can't think of the name of it. And some of you are in the class that I, when I, I'd done this book, and this was a, young, a man was in church, and for years his wife wasn't giving him the attention that uh, he thought he deserved. And so later on he found out that it was one of the deacons in the church that was having an affair with his wife. Y'all, right? okay, y'all look at me like, whoa. And so he, he was praying. Now, this is in the, the writer was talking about. This is a true story. And the, this man, was, he was filled with the Spirit. Okay? Say that. Filled with the Spirit. Man, filled with the Spirit. And so once he confronted her, he couldn't wait for Sunday because he was going to confront the deacon. He got on his knees and prayed. And the Holy Spirit told him to apologize to his wife for putting her in that situation. Now, this is a true story. Come on, y'all. It ain't y'all. You should get there, but it ain't y'all. Some guys lie. You see? Because if he'd have been a strong man and strong enough in every area of his life like he was supposed to have been, he wouldn't have lost his wife. Now, that takes a man to carry them kind of shoulders, to carry that kind of responsibility. Y'all right? Y'all still love me? Okay. Again, the Bible says you can't enter the house of an awake, able-bodied man and walk off with his possessions 
Unless you first tie him up. You can't, yeah, you can't walk out unless you first tie him up. So, you know, you got to tie him up. Give him something else to do that's more important, Brother Roger, than taking care of his homework. Mm. Let me go over here. Give him, he'll give you something else to do. Then, then, huh? He doesn't want you to take care of your homework. When you ain't taking care of your homework, somebody else might do it for you. Well, well. All right. <laughs> Am I doing all right? all right? Well, because we over here dealing with the truth, right? Because we men here, then we take care of our homework. That's right. We take care of our responsibilities. Isn't that right? And so we, even if we get chastised, we, we, don't, we don't live in our feelings over here. You know, our feelings don't get hurt. We over men in here. And we're getting a lesson. If it hurts your feelings, that means you're not there. Do something about it. Amen to that? Amen. All right. Bible says, tie him up, though, and you can clean him out. Boy, if you tie, what? You tie that brother up, you can clean him out. You can take over his house. That's right. Come on here. That's right. Yeah, yeah, tie him up. See, so Satan, Satan uses certain things, come on here, to tie us up. And see, as men, he wants to tie us up. So when he's tying us up, then he can come in that house and the thing said, and spoil the goods. And that's what he does. Right. You see, I haven't got time to take my kids to practice. The old lady will. Uh, that's the truth. Right? Speak the truth. And then she starts looking at coach. Uh huh? Speak the truth. You see what I'm saying? My kid's hero becomes coach. Come on. Right? Because I'm tied up in doing my business instead of doing my homework. Come on. Do you understand what Come I'm on. saying? God, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I thought of that all myself. Oh, I, I have no clue where I'm at. Ephesians chapter okay. 6, verse 10. And, and so men, and, and you want to y'all getting this message? So when you get this message, you need to treat your, teach your sons and daughters this message. You see, set your daughter down. Ask what kind of boy she's dealing with, because it's a boy. Ask what kind of boy she's dealing with. Does this boy have the potential to be the man that the Bible says he ought to be? Well, Do you understand? Well, you see, if he's a good friend, he don't need no benefits. Right, right? Love doesn't ask anything that doesn't belong to it. That's right. Huh? Love never hurts, love never abuses, and love never uses. Come on, Come on here. You see what I'm talking about? And that's what we're about in here. All right? It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Come on, men. You, got to be, you can't do it unless you're strong in the Lord. That's right. We're not equipped to be what God would have us to be without him. So we got to be strong in the Lord. Say that. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. All right. Here we go. Then put on the full armor of God. And I'm not going to go through what that is. You can look at that. You got to put on some armor because you got some stuff coming at you. You see, you see when, that, when, that, when that arrow of addiction comes, you better have some armor. Come on. Just protect yourself or whatever that situation is. All right. So that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. So when Satan comes in and tries to destroy your home, you can do what? Take a, take stand. a stand against the devil's schemes. 
when he's trying to destroy me, because I'm the head of the house, when he's trying to destroy me, I can take a stand and make a stand against his schemes. Because not only is he after me, he's after the family. That's right. That's right. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so we have to take a stand. Come on here. Because, listen to me, men, because if we fail our children, we fail the next three generations. Listen to me, women. If we fail our children, we fail the next gen three generations. Do you understand? So it's time for us to take a stand. Not complaining about what's going on in this country. That's their business. But we need to take a stand for who we're responsible for. Am I doing all right? All right. Come on, church. We're told in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 and 5, that the weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of the world. You can't fight with worldly weapons, right? You see, I got a gun on them. I believe in the right to carry. Everybody knows that, right? Now, I've said that. And I'm not the only preacher. They just scared to tell their congregation. Right. But say, you, know, some, you know, I believe in the right to carry. I've always done that, right to carry. But that weapon I got in my house to protect my home won't put, my kids are grown, but let me do it this way. If, I don't care if you believe in the right to carry. That if you got a stick in the house, gun, or whatever you got, that ain't going to stop Satan from trying to get to your daughter. There you go. There you go. So you got to have a weapon that can be there at all times. And one of the greatest weapons that we can have is to pray that our children have wisdom. You see? That our children have wisdom. To, you, see, you see? Our children have wisdom to make the right decisions. Now, one of the greatest weapons you have for yourself is that you have wisdom to make the right decisions in anything in your life. Does that make sense, what I'm saying? Buying a house, buying a car, right? Saving money. So, we, we, the, so the weapon, you can't use a physical weapon. You take your stick to the bank. Come on. And, uh, you got where Come I'm on. coming from, right? Come on. All right. It goes on to say that on the contrary, and I'm going to add, we that are spiritual mm -hmm. have divine power to demolish strongholds. Right. right. We that are what? Spiritual have divine power to demolish what? Strongholds. Right. You got, it's a spiritual warfare we're in. Not a mental warfare, an emotional warfare. It's a spiritual warfare we're in. So we have to become what? Spiritual. We can't become spiritual unless we baptize by the Holy Spirit. And once we baptize by the Holy Spirit, the challenge is then not to grieve it. Huh? We don't want to grieve it or, or we don't want to shut it down. Does that make sense? All right. It says we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Right. So what we are men in here, right? And we to love our wives as Christ loved the church. That's right. We are. I didn't say you were doing it. I'm just saying what the Bible says. We are. So you can say, say amen to are. Amen. Yeah, I didn't say you would because some of you ain't doing it. But we are to what? Love our wives like Christ loved the church. And if you read the rest of the scripture, it says he gave his life, life for, the, for church. the church. Christ did. So he's asking us to give our life for our families, our wives and our families. That means there ain't no boys not out. That's right. Because you ain't a boy no more. Come on. If you're spiritual. <laughs> okay. All right, here we go. It goes on to say, and we take captive every thought yeah. to make it obedient to Christ. When I look at my wife and I look at my children, then I have to keep that captive of the thoughts. I've got to be careful what I'm even thinking. Man, that's deep, isn't it? All right, because y'all love me. Men, you love me. Amen. We the problem. That's right. We need to fix it. 
We're asking God to fix something. He's given us the tools to use so to fix it with. Yes, he's already given me the tools to do everything I need to do. I'm quenching the Holy Spirit when I don't use those tools. I'm grieving the Holy Spirit when I don't use those tools. I don't have to look to heaven. He's already given me the tools to do it. He's given me the Bible. He's given me the church. He's given me Bible studies. He's given me all of this as the tools. So I have the weapon. The weapon is a spiritual thing. What we've learned today is enough to make a stand. We can't come to church every now and then. You got to feel your spirit. I don't care if I like what that preacher's saying. Anything you don't usually like is really good for you. That's right. That's right. Right? That, whether it be spiritual food or regular food, right? Yeah, folks don't like broccoli and greens. Uh-huh. Come on. But they're good for you, right? All right. Am I doing all right? The commentary says that Scripture teaches us. Now listen to this commentary. No true believer who is indwelled by the Holy Spirit can be demon-possessed. If you have the Holy Spirit, you can't be demon-possessed. That's right. Because the Holy Spirit won't allow the demons to come in. You can't be demon-possessed. No, you can't be. If you have the baptized of the Holy Spirit, you cannot be demon-possessed. But, go ahead. Because it says the spirits and demons can never live in the same body. (laughs) Yeah, the spirits and demons can't live in the same body. My body is the temple of what? The Holy Ghost. So if I've allowed the Holy Ghost to take over my body and he dwells in my body, Satan can't come there. That's right. Because God, the Holy Ghost, is occupying it. That's right. And see, it's like, you know, and he's got a sign out there, occupied. That's right. Full. Do you understand what I'm saying? So Satan can't come there. So when if we failing in life, male or female in here, man or woman up in here, and if you're acting a fool, then Satan's dwelling. You might want to check if you have the Holy Spirit or not. Come on. All right. It does say that demons may, however. Now, here's, what, here's the problem of it. Now, listen to this. Say, let, me, let me do this one. You do this. Demons may, however. Y'all saying this after me. Demons may, however. I, I looked it up. Where am I at now? Influence the thoughts. They, they can influence my thoughts. Now, let me tell you. I can be saved. I can be saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. There's no room for him in my life, Satan, but he can still influence my thoughts. That's right. You see, I know I got the Holy Ghost. I'm saved and going to heaven. But sometimes my thoughts are influenced by Satan. Thank God there's enough Holy Ghost in me not to bite. Don't bite. All right. Sometimes your emotions. And sometimes he gets in your emotions. Sometimes we get so caught up in our emotions that we make bad decisions. Do you understand what I'm saying? Instead of going to the comforter, we go to self. So he still can get to, to, yes, he's still going to try to deal with me emotionally. Because I have a right to act a fool because of what you've done to me. You ever do that? Yeah, you did. You see, I got a right to do this because I got caught up in my what? Emotions. Because Satan will try to influence my emotions. All right. right. You see, sometimes you ever get the blues and you got through them, didn't you? So it was a waste of time ever getting them. All right. Go on with me. All right. All right. Keep going, please. Satan can also influence the actions of a Christian. Yeah, he can. He can influence the actions of a Christian. Yeah, he can. He can influence the actions of a Christian. That means he ain't going to stop trying. 
He don't care about that sign out there, right? He's going to still start trying. I remember when I, w- I was downtown and I wanted to park in, in one of those close uh, parking things, and it said fool. Well, I tried to drive up there anyway. Because <laughs> I was going to the car shop. And I didn't want to park way away from someplace else, right? And even though it said fool, you drive up there anyway. And, the, you know, wasting time that I could have been parking someplace else walking to the car shop. But I had to make sure it was full and that man didn't make sure he knew what was in his parking lot. So I'm driving in there and he had to do, he done this. We full. Now I'm upset because it's a one-way street and I got to go all the way around the block to get in the parking lot that I could have been in and I could have been in the building. Do you understand what I'm talking about? So, so we do that, don't we, sometimes? Sometimes we get in our feelings, our emotions, and we ignore the spirit of truth. That's right. Right. Are you with me? And you ready for me to quit too, ain't you? Uh, some of y'all lying up in here. Go ahead. <laughs> right, here we go. And Satan does this to us Christians who fail to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And he does this to Christians who fail to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. You see, there is a scripture that sometimes the spirit doesn't always dwell with man. No, he's dwelling with man. He's there with man. But sometimes we are not obedient to the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? So we got to go to work. We got to do a lot of work, folks. We got to do a, we got to work 24 hours. Let me do it this way. We got to work because some of you always lose an hour. We got to work 25 hours a a day. Come on. Because Satan's busy. That's right. He's trying to get into my thought pattern. He's trying to get into my emotions. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, and he's trying to get in to, to influence me. That's right. All right? I'm talking me today. Come on. He ain't stopped. He don't care about me being up here talking about Pastor Fields. He don't care about all that. That's right. You see, he don't care about me being uh, 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 whoever I'm supposed to be. You see? He still wants to influence. Come on. Yes. Here we go. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, begin with verse 15 from the NIV, it says, What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? Now, we can't, da- we can't dance with Christ and the devil. That's what that means, all right? Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? You can call him now. What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? You see? That's why when we get married and you're a Christian, you ought to be married to a Christian person. Well, you ought to not date anybody. If they ain't a Christian, what do y'all got in common? That's right. All right? You'll be going to church by yourself. You and your babies. Come on. There's some women here to tell you that. All right? All right, keep going. What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? There's no, there's no agreement there. All right, keep going. For we are the temple of the living God. So who's the temple of the living God? I am. We're the temple of the living God. So why aren't we acting like it? Because sometimes we fall and we get caught up into his influence in our thoughts and our emotions. All right? And sometimes we refuse to be led by the Spirit. All right? As God has said, I will live with them and walk among them. God said, he, he said, I'll live with you and I'll walk among you. I will be their God and they will be my people. And I want him to be that to me. 
Satan don't want that. He wants to destroy the relationship between me and God because he doesn't want me walking with him. All right? Therefore, come out from them and be separate, so he says, says the Lord. And this gets upset. This ain't your parents telling you this. This is God saying, you don't need to be with him. That's right. That's right. You need to leave her alone. Grown folks, you need to leave it alone. That alone. Separate yourself. All right? Touch no unclean thing, and I will receive you. He said, don't touch no unclean thing, and I'll receive you. All right? And I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Look at me, everybody. Why would you allow any force of any kind to destroy your relationship with your heavenly father? Come on. Come on. Now, I would say, people say to me, some, if, if, you, if I'm right, there's a bunch of people in here would have loved to heard this message when they was much younger. All right. And in closing, turn to 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. I'm going to read this from the message. And it says, run for your life from all this. Pursue a righteous life. That's what we're trying to do is pursue what? A righteous life. Right. And so that means I can't be connected with unrighteous people. That's right. All right. And a righteous life is a life of wonder, faith, love, stead steadiness, and courtesy. That's what we want to live. That's how we want to live. Have the little ones to come first when I do that, right? Run hard and fast in the faith. Run what? Hard and fast in the faith. That's how you make it. You've got to run hard and fast in the faith. All right? Seize the eternal life. That's right. The life you were called to. We're going to live the life we're called to live. The life you so fervently embraced in the presence of so many witnesses. There's a lot of people looking at us. And we need to embrace the life that God has called us to live. Amen. And all the church said.